Hey, Catholic Divas, are you in the midst of the hustle and bustle before Christmas? Are you just frantic about buying the right gifts for all your children and maybe going and visiting family and maybe doing the decorating still and all the things? Well, I want to share with you in this podcast how to take time for you, give you a little bit of self-care. So come on into the podcast and listen to what we have to share. Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity Podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. Happy second week of Advent, Divas. I hope you are doing well. I just have to tell you that I just think the Lord is so funny. He just makes me laugh. He has such a sense of humor. It's because today I had planned on talking about self-care during Advent and Christmas. And if you can hear my voice, you can hear that I've been sick. I traveled during Thanksgiving to go see my son who's living in New Jersey. And one of the connecting flights that I was on was absolutely freezing. I had my coat, I had my my hat on. Of course, you know, nowadays we don't have blankets on the airlines and I was just freezing. And then when we landed, my left ear just hadn't popped at all. It felt like I had water in my ear or something. And so by the time I got to where my son lives, both my ears were plugged and I was just awful and I felt really awful. And I I especially felt really bad because I was visiting this family that he's staying with and I had never met them. And of course I was sick, sneezing and coughing and everything during Thanksgiving. And the worst part about it was that I couldn't hear because my head was so blocked up. But anyway, so I'm still a little sick. My voice is still cracky, as you can tell. The head is cleared. My ears have cleared. And so, again, I was just laughing because I was going to do this podcast episode about a week ago, but I couldn't even talk. And I just like, okay, Lord, I guess I'm supposed to be doing this podcast this time. This is a good episode. Because how do you take care of yourself when you are trying to do your business, when you're trying to help your family? You know, when mama goes down, everyone is affected. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today is how do we as moms, as women, as college students, as daughters, as sisters, as wives, as maybe grandmas, all of our roles, how do we take care of our own self so that we can do what we are supposed to do and serve the people that God has presented to us and truly set the world on fire because we are living our unique design and we know our mission. So that is always a a very fine line. And I find that it's very interesting, especially in Catholic communities, Because the world will tell us, me, 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 right? It's all about me. It's very focused on ego. 
I have to take care of me, my time, me time, self-care. And yet the other extreme can also be self-sacrificing to the point where we aren't healthy. And I remember my friend, if you've heard Maggie Wright, I had her on in November. She's a Catholic mindset coach, but she's also a fitness coach, and she really helps women perimenopausal and postmenopausal lose weight. And one of the things she had said was, she talked about, she talks really about St. John Paul II's theology of the body, that our bodies are good. And she reminded us in that episode that St. Francis used to call his body brother ass. And in his later life, he acknowledged the fact that maybe he should have taken better care of brother ass because he would do some extreme fasts and mortifications. And of course, part of that was in that time, it was very common, hair shirts and flogging yourself and just really crazy things. You read about some of these saints and some of the the, the um, penances that they did. It was just kind of almost extreme. So that's just one extreme, right? So we have the world that says, me, 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 it's all about me. And then we have this other extreme where we're just going to lay down and sacrifice ourselves. I think just like the Catholic Church always teaches, the virtues are always in the middle, right? The the vices are always on the outside. I, I remind people, it's it's like driving a car. You have to stay within the solid line and the dotted line. How do we live? How do we care for ourselves in a good and holy way that reminds us that we do need to be taken care of and yet at the same time not go too far right of focusing only on me or too far left willing to sacrifice ourselves for all the things. And personally, my opinion is I have observed that women, and I know this because this has been my personal experience, that women have a tendency for whatever reason, just because maybe we're mothers, we're more caring or more nurturing, that we do have the capacity to forsake our own selves for the good of the other. And, and sometimes that is extreme holiness. Right now, personally, I'm reading a book. It's a children's book on Mother Seton. I, I have a great devotion to Elizabeth Ann Seton. And it's just interesting because the part of this, her story right now is, if you know of Elizabeth Ann Seton, she was actually raised Protestant in New York, high society. And then her and her husband and her oldest daughter went to Italy to go meet some of her husband's business partners and her husband dies. And so she has to stay with the family. And it's through that family that she becomes Catholic. So anyway, at the part of the story that I'm at right now is they had gotten the boat, didn't get the health certificate that they were supposed to get when they left New York. And so the Setons were not allowed to go to Italy and they are actually sent to this other place. They had to get on a separate boat. And she's in this cell with her husband and her daughter and they're both sick and they're both very frightened. And she really kind of has to be the strong one. And it's just a very interesting aspect of the things that she's willing to sacrifice because she's scared as well and she's nervous and things like that. But she relies on God. Last night, as I was reading, her husband and her daughter had fallen asleep and 
she just was on her knees looking up through the little window of their little cell and just trusting in God, trusting that God will provide and give her the strength so that she can care for her husband and her daughter. And pretty much it was kind of like, I can't get sick. And I remember those days with my own self as a mother of five. One particular memory always comes up during this time of year. It was the first Thanksgiving that we were here in El Paso, and my youngest son was was turning one on Christmas, and we had a beautiful Thanksgiving, and literally the next day, it first of all, it got really, really cold. It had been really warm. We were just enjoying this Southwest weather, and then all of a sudden, boom, and it got cold, and we were like, oh my goodness, we do need to go get jackets. And then, for whatever reason, our family got the flu, and it was just a 24-hour bug, and it went through every single child. It started with my youngest, and thanks be to God, I just kept saying, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, because every child got sick, but it was like the baby got sick first. He was throwing up for about 24 hours. I had to deal with him, and then just when he was coming out of it, the next one got sick, and then she was sick for 24 hours. And then just as she was coming over it, the next one got sick. And so it ran through. And then finally, I think it was like Friday morning, my husband went to work and he came back a couple of hours later and was like, I'm really sick. And at the time, my oldest daughter also got sick that one day. Both of them got sick. And because they were older, they had gotten sick. They were worse than any of the other kids. So I was having to take care of the two of them. And I just remember thinking to myself and just praying to God, like, Lord, I cannot get sick. I cannot get sick. I have to care for everyone. And I mean, praise God, I didn't get it. I don't know whatever everybody else had. And so that's always one of those things, right? Is that we as women, we have to care for so many people. And how do we take care of ourselves when we're caring for others? But also the other wonder question is, how do we take care of ourselves? How do we raise our hand and say, hey, I'm the one that's sick. I'm the one that needs to be taken care of. And that is sometimes a very hard lesson, both for the mom and for the family. Because I remember uh, during the pandemic that we've had, I got really sick. I tested negative, but I was really, really sick. And I don't get sick very often. And I remember thinking, The last time I got this sick was January of 2017. And I remember that specific time that I had gotten sick because we had a new church and the bishop was going to be coming and blessing the whole building. And I missed it because I was just coughing so much. And my husband's like, no, you're not going. And so it'd been like three or four years that I had gotten this sick. And I just remember sitting on the couch, just coughing and coughing with my tissues by myself and like wanting to get up and go to get some water and not even having the energy. And kind of like these thoughts, like, is nobody paying attention to me? Like, y'all don't understand how sick I am. Nobody's even asking like, mom, are you okay? Do you need anything? And so those were the kind of the thoughts that were going through my head. And and I just like, okay, Lord, well, I'm offering this up and I'm going to get my own water. And luckily I typically will have bone broth in the freezer. But this is the question that I want to ask each of you Catholic divas is, when do you acknowledge the fact that 
you need to take care of you? And this is a really good question to ask during Advent because Advent is a season that we should be slowing down. Unfortunately, the world is frenzied. There's all kinds of sales. There's all kinds of parties. There's all kinds of things. There's concerts and there's finals and there's just so much busyness that the world just pulls and pulls and pulls us. But I want to invite us to really go inward and really sit with Our Lady as she's preparing to give birth. And if any of you have ever given birth, I don't know. I don't know what your last weeks were like when before you gave birth to the child that you have. But Mary is our role model, and she would go inward. So how do we take care of ourselves during this time? And maybe it's not as drastic as physical. I've been talking about physical self-care. But let's talk about the most important thing. Why don't we talk about our soul? How do we take care of our spiritual aspect during this time? To create those boundaries, to set those intentions, to be able to say, you know what, this is what I need. I'm not connected with the Lord, and I need to strengthen my spirituality at this moment. I was talking to my goddaughter the other day, a beautiful, beautiful woman who just recently got married, and she was asking me about a book, and it's called A Mother's Rule for Life. And now I had shared with her that I had read that, oh gosh, about 20 years ago, and I don't have it because I gave it away. I was trying to look it up for this podcast, but one of the things that she just kind of talks about, just like a convent has a rule of life with set charisms and set things that they have to do, this book talks about how we as mothers can create our own rule of life. And one of the things that I do remember about this book that I took away way back when was setting up our spiritual aspect. And one of the things that she talks about in that book is a monthly day of recollection. And I thought this was pretty radical when this author talked about this in this book, because I did have little kids. And the thought of leaving my children all day, like she talked about, like maybe like a morning on the first Saturday or something, but have an agreement of like, you're going to go and you're going to go do something. You're going to go to morning mass and you're going to go maybe for adoration or meditation or whatever, and just really use that time to be with the Lord. Now, for me personally, one of the challenges of that idea was the fact that part of my spirituality is like, I can't, my brain just keeps going and going and going. So sitting still at adoration is a huge challenge for me. It's still a challenge for me just because I'm very an active person. And so one of the things that I would do trying to practice this is I would go to morning mass and then maybe I would go find a place that I like to go walk and I would pray my rosary while I'm walking and meditating. And I would bring my Bible and I would usually like go to Starbucks because I love Starbucks. And I would just find a quiet corner and read my Bible with a cup of coffee and do some journaling. Because I personally, I like to have the hustle and bustle of people around me, even though I'm very internal. 
Anyway, so that was one of those things that she had talked about as the spiritual practice. And depending on the parishes and the diocese that you're at, many times there are Advent retreats. I know that we had an Advent retreat the Saturday before the first Sunday of Advent, and it was a beautiful morning re- reflection. But that's another aspect that this this author spoke about is like setting the intention of having an annual retreat where you literally go away. And one of the practices for me has been for the past, gosh, six or seven years is the Blessed Is She. I'm not sure if anybody knows about them. They're such a beautiful, beautiful community. Jenna and Beth are so beautiful. They typically have a retreat in February in Phoenix, but then also they will have that retreat and they'll go around the country and offer the retreat and it's specifically for women. But you could also go on a silent retreat if there's some Jesuits or nation retreat, axe retreats, couples retreats. There's all kinds of different types of retreats depending on what you personally need. But I really highly recommend that as a spiritual self-care to to set the intention, maybe not during this Advent, but take a look at what's coming up. The beautiful thing about being in the 21st century is that we have Mr. Google and we have computers. So you can do a search and you can find whatever, depending on where you are in the world, and you can kind of do a search on either the diocese or local parishes or different orders. I know different orders, convents and and different monasteries and things will actually put on retreats as well. It's such a good time to just go away. Now, again, depending on your state in life, I remember, actually, it was kind of funny now that I think about it, even before I read that book, I knew I needed to go on a retreat. And when my 25-year-old was born, they had a retreat. There was a convent, Sisters of Charity, up at this college, and they offered a women's retreat. And I brought the baby. Uh, She was only three months old because I was breastfeeding. And I was kind of the odd man out, but I just sat in the back. I brought a blanket for her, put her down on the floor. And I had a little stroller. And I would go anytime we had quiet time, we'd have a talk. And then we would have like about 45 minutes or something to, to, you know, do some journaling and stuff. And I would always just go to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel with her and nurse her and things like that. Nowadays, it's the other thing I love about Blessed Is She. That was one of the things that I remember the first time I ever went to a retreat at Blessed Is She. They, because they minister to mothers, they would always have a mother's corner where they would have rocking chairs and they have blankets. And, and it was such a beautiful experience during the breaks because the first retreat that I ever went to, there was a number of Dominican sisters that attended, like 10 or 12. It was crazy. They like took up a row or two. And every time during the breaks, the sisters would go over to where the young moms were and they would take the babies so that the moms could have a chance to go to the bathroom or get a cup of coffee or go to the shopping and or just go and talk to their friends without having to hold a baby. And it was such a gift. It was just such a beautiful womanhood, sisterhood, community to watch each other supporting each other. So that's one of those things that I want to encourage you to find a retreat. And like I said, if you can't go to a retreat, create a retreat for yourself. 
And I want to encourage you to maybe just journal on it. Like if I could create my own retreat, what would I like? What would I want? So for instance, I knew that being in silence for three hours really would not be a good thing for me at the time. Now I've been able to go on an overnight silent retreat, but that is such a stretch for my own temperament, my own personality, the way I worship. I need community, even if it's just in a Starbucks watching other people being silent. I mean, I used to joke with the Lord, like I could just never be a Carmelite like St. Therese and never speak to anybody and work in silence. It's just not who God created me to be. So I want to encourage you, just take a few minutes and really journal with the Lord. Like, Lord, if I could just create some time with you, what would it look like? What would I want to do with you? How would I want to do it? Would I want to go spend time with you before the Blessed Sacrament? Would I want to go spend time with sisters and really be encouraged by my fellow Catholic sisters? So the other aspect, of course, we were talking about physical, right? And again, this is the time of year that the weather changes and many people are getting sick and it just kind of goes with the flow, right? So I want to encourage you to just make little tiny intentional changes in this time, because especially it it is kind of funny. I know Beth Bubick from The Catholic Fasting Coach, she talks a lot about white sugar and white flour and wine and why we're all sick in January, because we've just been eating our way through Christmas holidays with all kinds of parties and Christmas cookies and all kinds of things that we don't normally eat. And um, so what I want to encourage you is possibly just setting the intention of drinking more water, especially those who are in a little bit colder climates. Sometimes we forget to drink our water because it's so cold. And another thing I want to encourage you to do, part of your self-care is get sleep. Set the intention of going to bed early. I know many times as moms, as mothers, as wives, as women that are in charge of the household trying to get ready for Christmas, we stay up after the children go to bed and we try to get the different things done. But set the time, maybe just two or three nights to go to bed. Maybe when the children go to bed after you've said evening prayers and kiss them goodnight, then you go to bed yourself so that you can get the rest that you need so that your body can be refreshed and rejuvenated so that you can give 100% the next day. The other little, just very quick tip that I want to give you is Practice eating your vegetables. We call it BBOV, big bag of vegetables. Simply chop up the celery and some peppers, some cucumbers and things. Or when you're at the Christmas parties, go for the the veggie platter first or bring the veggie platter. You may be the only one that's actually bringing a veggie platter. Bring the veggie platter, eat as much veggies as possible, and then, you know, indulge on the Christmas cookies or the special Swedish meatballs or whatever else that that other people are serving. If you can do just simply those three things physically, you will be surprised at how much better you feel at Christmas and maybe even going into the new year. The other thing I want to encourage you on your self-care 
is really looking at your emotional well-being. Again, many times holidays brings up a lot of emotions because sometimes we have expectations of what Christmas is supposed to be like. Maybe we have memories of the way we grew up. Maybe I don't know what the situation in your own home is. Maybe there's some dysfunction. Um, Maybe there's some serious dysfunction. I don't know. Maybe you're in a state where the finances aren't as affluent or as abundant that you would like. And so you're stressing over gifts and things like that. We've been there. I remember doing that as well. Or maybe you might be a military wife or a wife whose husband, because of the work situation, has to be out of town. Uh, I remember those days as well. My husband got deployed on the 20th. He, He had to leave on the 20th of December. So we celebrated, we had a big Christmas dinner on the 19th of December. And then that Christmas Eve, I just remember how depressing that was. It was just my daughter and I, she was three, and how very anticlimactic that was. I was the youngest of my family of origin. And so I just have memories of being three, four, and five, just tons and tons of people, tons and tons of presents, lots of chaos, lots of commotion. And that Christmas, I remember how quiet it was and how silent it was just her and I. And, you know, everybody else was celebrating with their own families, right? And and my husband had just left. And so, you know, depending on what your emotions are, give yourself the a permission to feel those emotions and to acknowledge the emotions. Again, I always recommend journaling. Journaling gives you that opportunity to create space between your thoughts and your emotions and your own self so that you can acknowledge the emotions without having to react to those emotions in a way that might not be as virtuous as you would like and then thus causing more problems in the family or whatever. So those are the three things that I want to encourage you to just take a time and really sit and meditate. What kind of self-care do I need this Advent so that I can truly celebrate Christmas in the best way and help the family, the people that are in my community celebrate as well. What spiritual things do I need to do? What physical things do I need to do? And what emotional things do I need to do? And even if you just do one simple thing in each of those three categories for your own self-care, I promise you that you will come out and go into 2024 a different person. And I would love to hear the different um, shifts maybe that you've had, the different experiences that maybe the rest of the family has had or your friends have noticed. I would love for you to share with me. So go into the show notes and give me your perspectives and write a review. I will see you next week. We are still in Advent and I pray that I feel better. So let's close with St. Paul's blessing to the Thessalonians in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until next week, divas, God bless you. Catholic divas, I know you probably have a lot of thoughts and maybe some emotions about this episode on taking time for you and self-care. I would love for you to just go ahead and click in the show notes 
the link that offers you a free consultation with me on coaching you about this self-care concept and how you want to grow in 2024. I would love to walk with you as your Catholic Mindset Coach. So go ahead and click that link.